Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Delicate Database with me, Zoe, your host. Hello everyone, Um, I hope you've all had a lovely week so far. Let me know if you've gotten up to anything exciting or if you've done anything fun, let me know. I always like to hear from my lovely listeners. I am actually going to make soup today after this episode so I'll let you know how that goes um but yes let's get started before I waffle on um I have a lovely guest on with me today um and he is here to talk with me about everything artificial intelligence and it is such a pleasure having him on so I'm gonna allow him to introduce himself and then we will get started with some questions okay hi Thank you, Zoe, and thank you, thank you to all your listeners. Um, yeah, I'm Cordell France. I'm an artificial intelligence engineer. Um, recently, just exited a, a startup called Seeker Technologies, um, and I love all things robots, all things AI. <laughs> nice, lovely to hear all about that. Thank you. Um, just to kick off, how did you get into like AI, or is it something you've always had an interest in? What was your journey to it? So I actually grew up on a farm. And uh, when I was a child, my father brought home some self-steering software for some of these tractors. And Mm -hmm. seeing these tractors, these big machines steer themselves was like something straight out of a sci-fi novel for me as a kid. It was it was it was surreal. And uh, that's kind of what really sparked my interest in being able to make, you know, AI, robotics, autonomous systems, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always been uh, enthralled with like finding order and chaos, finding meanings behind patterns, yeah, which okay. is, you know, the, uh, yeah, the whole premise, a lot of the premise behind AI. So it, it kind of started with, with those two, those two principles. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. <laughs> An interesting start to tech. I usually just hear about people saying they just watched the show and they were into it, but I guess your father bringing home some, what did you say it was? Self, self-driving, did you say? Yeah, some self-driving uh, software for some of our tractors on the farm. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty good. Did the tractors end up like driving themselves, or is it something? Oh, wow! I've actually never heard yeah. of that. So that is pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you still live on a farm, or you've moved away? I've moved away. Um, I I worked on it all as a kid, and uh, that's uh, picked up a lot of like engineering principles and stuff from there. But uh, no, I I go back quite often to uh, get a dose of humility. But uh, I don't uh, I don't I don't live on the farm anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought I would just start off with a simple question. I hope you can answer. Um, so, like I mentioned, I think my listeners we just like to like break things down and just make tech kind of easy to understand. So, if you would just explain. What is artificial intelligence? Sure. So artificial intelligence uh, and, and machine learning, some of those are kind of used, they're kind of used uh, uh, synonymously in the same same language. But uh, artificial intelligence is really, um, it's, it, think of it as an algorithm that can learn to adapt to learn new tasks. So instead of, you know, if you think of code, you're writing explicit instructions for a computer to do. AI algorithms, AI code is learning how to do new tasks based off of the data it's fed. So it's effectively going beyond the instructions and learning to do something on its own. Oh, okay. Yes, that kind of makes it easier for me to even understand as well. So thank you for that. Um, I think usually when I'm reading articles, people are always telling me how AI is going to be super useful and it's going to change the whole world. But I don't think I really understand 
why it's so important and why it's going to change the world so it'd be great if you can just like tell me more about it like why is it so important in today's society so there are a lot of there are a lot of problems that are hard to solve with just those you know strict instructions writing computer code and a lot of things that uh, humans can't really understand, or there's so much data that it's really hard for humans to understand. Uh, let's consider the stock market, for example. Mm-hmm. The stock market is, 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 I mean, we generally understand kind of how it works, but there's so much data, it's really hard for a human to make any sense of it, be- and yeah. which, I mean, if they could, then we'd have more, everyone would be a stock trader, right? And we'd be all be billionaires. <laughs> yeah. Um, but being, but being able to make sense of all of this data in a quick fashion is where AI really excels. So where we have problems that are hard for humans to interpret or it's maybe unsafe for humans to uh, access the data or solve the problem, that's where artificial intelligence really comes in. And the reason it's going to, the reason it's going to really have such a prolific effect on you know, so many aspects of the world mm-hmm. uh, is because it has that capability to learn and has that capability to pick out different things that a human can't quite, uh, that humans can't, that they miss or they can't quite comprehend. Um, but that key ability to be able to learn and to be able to adapt and understand beyond, uh, you know, a, the current environment is really is what's going to allow it to, uh, you know, break through and, and, and touch nearly every aspect of our lives. And do you think it's probably, obviously, it's going to take a while before we, we get there. But what is like, I don't know if it's something is stopping it. Like, what do you think is stopping this? like impact on everyone or impact worldwide? It's an interesting question. And I've thought about it a lot, uh, that type of uh, this, this, uh, this principle a lot. And it's interesting because AI really is still at its infancy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, uh, as, you know, small players, entrepreneurs, single entrepreneurs can really mm-hmm. have a, a drastic effect in the market and uh, be able to build some fantastic things uh, without uh, too much, you know, without uh, as many hurdles as some other technologies. But um, there's not really anything stopping it right now. I mean, you can you can deploy any there's 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 uh, tutorials online where you can download uh, uh, instructions on how to. Uh, build a, an artificial intelligence algorithm that can yeah. uh, classify images or classify sounds, etc. We see it a lot with smart home assistants, um, right. even in social media, right, where they're doing uh, filters, doing facial recognition, yeah. where they're <laughs> auto tagging, right? We're seeing very, very small aspects yeah. of it touch uh, our lives now. And this is just the very, very tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I think you mentioning social media, I think it does creep me out how much you can do with it. And I can understand people are a bit like cautious about it. I know my sister works in like the healthcare industry and even just asking her, like, how would she feel if AI would like take over some of her roles in the hospital? It kind of like freaks her out a bit. So I guess, yeah, I see what you mean. It has the potential to do so much, but yeah, I can understand why it's still in its early stages. Um, so Right. And j- just to briefly touch on that, uh, there's, there's a lot of people that worry that AI is going to replace jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, there's, there to some degree that might be true, but I think it's better to t- to view it as we're going to try to augment human capabilities and augment human jobs. So jobs that maybe are unsafe, uh, or jobs that might be better for uh, you know a human to not be in place, we can put a robot in its place or some mm-hmm. AI and have and and the humans that were uh, that were typically doing that job, we now train them on how to. Uh, actually uh, troubleshoot the robot, actually write code, actually, you know, be a technician to some degree. So I'm I'm a little more optimistic that it will try to help augment jobs instead of replace them. Yeah, 
I think obviously, I think with anything, with any change, like people are obviously going to be a bit reluctant and they're obviously going to be a bit scared. Mm. But like you said, it's obviously, it's going to be better in the long run. It's going to help people more in the long run. Um, I guess another question I had for you is, do you think it's possible for, to replicate human consciousness, consciousness with AI or not? Yes, I think it's possible. Um, I do think that it's very far away and I don't <laughs> think we'll be there for a uh, hundred, if not a couple <laughs> more hundred years. Uh, it's a very hard thing to do. Humans are very, I mean, we're designed very well. We're designed mm -hmm. very intric intricately. Um, and replicating the brain, now replicating parts of the brain is one thing. And being able to replicate how vision works. I mean, we're already seeing uh, neural networks or artificial intelligence rather being able to replicate how the, the the visual cortex works and how we process images and art can identify things how we process sounds and can classify sounds but being able to combine everything together into a holistic fashion for something to say i know i exist i know i am yeah that's that's a very big leap and i Primarily, what I would be most interested in is, is trying to replicate consciousness for the uh, ability to kind of understand certain medical conditions and how those arise, like certain brain, uh, certain brain um, medical conditions that we can be able to better diagnose by having, having an accurate model of the brain, an accurate mm -hmm. model of consciousness. But, you know, you have the other, other direction it can go in which we create artificially conscious beings that maybe have some bad intent. Right. So it can go either direction yeah. and one has a, a very, you know, pragmatic approach and the other begs the question if we should even build it to begin with. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense, because obviously you don't want things to start going wrong. Um, mm -hmm. I, guess, I don't know, I guess I want to know more about what you think about AI and what your personal experience, because you work with it, you said you do, right? Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. Tell me more about yeah, what you do on a day to day or your experience with it and how you're finding it. Is it mainly in the medical field you work in? Or? So we did, uh, yes, it's primarily the medical field. Um, we did a little, uh, quite a bit in security as well, a little bit with um, defense. But um, our primary, our, our, my primary uh, purpose, right, and our, our product was really to build uh, computer vision. So basically build AI, artificial intelligence in, to, for, in the form of being able to identify different uh, types of imagery and classify images, be able to navigate through just being through uh, just cameras, right? Um, so uh, one product, for example, is that we built was a, a an image recognition AI that was able to take a, a chest X-ray or an MRI scan and be able to identify if it had certain medical conditions. So, if, for example, if you're looking at the lungs, we could see if you had COVID, pneumonia, emphysema, etc., and that helped doctors kind of better be able to triage during the pandemic when the yeah. X-ray technicians were short-staffed. So primarily what we work in is AI uh, vision-based artificial intelligence. Okay. okay. And how were the doctors with using these systems? Because I can imagine it's not something that many people will be used to. So how was it like the adjustment period of teaching these physicians, physicians, if I can say the word properly? How was it like working? Were you working directly with them or is it, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> Yeah, so we were working directly with physicians. And I think that's important for developers, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're going to develop some AI, you need to make sure that you're not doing it on your own accord. Uh, you need to, because being in tight loop with the physicians and the medical doctors is, is pretty key. But um, it was a great experience. We were able to gain a lot of insight on how to better develop the product that we wouldn't have gained if we were just developing it on our own. And 
um, we actually contributed the specific product product uh, just f for free. We just donated it uh, directly to the to try to help the the COVID pandemic cause yeah. um, to try to help relieve relieve demand of these physicians since they were undergoing so much stress. But um, the 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 biggest thing, the most sobering thing for me, mm. was you know if you build an AI algorithm for social media and it misperforms. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal, right? There's a human. I mean, it's not going to ruin somebody's day. Yeah, no. uh, I mean, some people maybe, but <laughs> not mine. <laughs> no. um, but if you, if a AI algorithm in medicine misperforms, mm -hmm. there's severe consequences. Yeah. And so, making sure your models are very are very accurate, and making sure that uh, the data is accurate and has mm -hmm. is very well very well represented, um, those are a lot of of, of very key tasks that we uh, put a lot of emphasis on to make sure that our product was was ready for prime time because we knew the consequences were were very severe and we didn't take those lightly. Yeah. I can imagine that must have been a stressful period for you like making sure everything was correct and no mistakes were made but <laughs> I think it's still great it's still mm -hmm. a thing to work on and like you said you're helping many people especially during the COVID pandemic which was not an easy time it's still even ongoing and you still like working with the hospital now or is it yes uh so we we work in a, in a couple of different uh fashions with them um some of uh we're on a different project now a product now that does um uh emotion recognition effectively so uh you're basically um using processing uh, uh speech and emotions re reactions facial expressions body movement pupil constriction etc to try to help and, and or to help doctors detect signs of like ptsd parkinson's Alzheimer's, etc. Um, so we're working on that now. But uh, the the uh, previous product, the X-ray product, um, uh, is is still working today and still in use today. Oh wow! Okay, that is pretty cool. It must be like so satisfying know, knowing how much of a difference you are making in like people's lives and how like what you're doing is like, actively making a difference. So yeah, I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, tell absolutely. Me, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say it's uh yeah it's it's a great feeling um partially because at least in our experience prior to the pandemic there was a little bit of apprehension for AI being used mm -hmm. in medicine uh, yeah. just because you know people were they just didn't know right and like I said the consequences are so severe but we were put on the these physicians were put under a significant amount of stress and so it kind of warranted some new types of approaches to solving problems in which we were able to get our foot in the door and and show that ai can be used uh you know effectively and reliably so we're mm -hmm. grateful for that no no it's good <laughs> like i said yeah i can imagine why people would be a bit apprehensive to use these technologies but yeah like i was saying if it's helping and relieving stress then yeah i guess it is really good um i want to know what do you what was the most exciting like ai project that you've worked on like throughout your career if there even is one The most exciting AI project that I've ever worked on was probably uh, uh, was probably the one I just mentioned um, mm -hmm. in, in that it uh, analyzes so many different things. And it was uh, it, the, the, it was satisfying because it was such a hard problem to solve. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was also such a uh, such an interesting thing to see how AI can be used in a different fashion and being able to uh, recognize all these different things about a human to try to interpret their state of being. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to track emotions and uh, pupils and your bodily movements and everything to try to interpret a medical condition, um, that became important for us to say, okay, 
you know, this could be used in some bad scenarios, perhaps. And it's important for us to make sure that this kid, this is, you know, uh, this is, this is used specifically for medical purposes. Because yeah. um, we can see uh, facial recognition is, you know, there's, 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 there's issues with that and how it's being used maybe in appropriate cases. And we don't want to add emotion recognition on top of that, because yeah. then it allows people to perhaps take advantage of people in uh, vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable scenarios. Mm. So, uh, that was probably the most interesting just because I saw uh, how much, it, how effective it could be, but mm. also um, uh, how difficult it was to solve. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think I think that's what worries me the most about AI is what people, because obviously there's people that like you that obviously want to do good in the world and want to help people. But then there's the other side of people that obviously just want to use it for selfish gain or just for reasons that obviously aren't good. So I don't know if you if you think there's a solution. Do you think there's ever going to be a way to like stop people misusing technology, or it's always just going to be a risk with it? It's a good question. Um, I don't know if there's a way to necessarily stop certain. I, there is a way to start stop certain outcomes, but I think there's always going to be people that are are you know bad actors that maybe try to intentionally like hackers try to intentionally mm -hmm. misuse technology. Um, there could be consequences of good intentions that are actually uh, manifest bad outcomes. Yeah. And that's something that we should try to solve because if you build algorithms that can learn on their own, maybe your intentions are good to start, but then if the outcome uh, from what it learns is not necessarily what you intended. And so it becomes important for us to, as engineers, to really be very take this as uh they take the task of training models and building ai not lightly mm -hmm. um make sure the data is clean make sure it's a well representation a good representation of the entire population um you know because if if we don't if we don't take it seriously now there may be a point where we encounter a scenario where we have to have some sort of fda right yeah. uh, or some sort of some sort of, of FAA, some federal agency that oversees how algorithms are being deployed to make yeah. sure that they are deployed in an effective manner. And at that point, you kind of stymie technological uh, innovation, uh, but you know you keep people safe. So it's this trade-off between if we can do it responsibly, we can continue to innovate at a faster pace. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. And I know how you mentioned about the FDA and like getting FDA approval. When you were working with the hospitals, is that something you needed or it was mainly just your company just working with the hospitals? So we actually had to put our products through a clinical trial, uh, an FDA approved clinical trial. So yeah. we had to basically uh, be audited by an ethics board who reviewed everything and said, you know, you're okay to continue. Once it went through the clinical trial, uh, we had to evaluate the results against a board-certified um, x-ray uh, physician or a board-certified radiologist to basically uh, and basically compare against AI, you know, who was right and who was wrong in these scenarios. Yeah. And uh, we ended up doing really well. Uh, it was 95.5% accuracy. Wow. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But, um, um, from there, we were able to actually have the product be used in hospitals because it had passed that clinical trial and we had evidence of that. But um, so we didn't have to get FDA approval or like a CE mark. Um, yeah. But, you know, there are instances in where you do have to do that. Yeah, because I was thinking. Grateful we didn't yeah. know. I was thinking like, I don't know. I just thought obviously if you're working with people, you'd have to go through some like process. But yeah, a clinical trial makes sense. Um Oh, I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of questions I can I have for you. Um, 
So as I, I assume like you code, do you code within your day to day or is it mainly just, I actually don't know how the process works. So yeah, <laughs> is it coding, maintenance, is yeah. it solving problems? Like how does it actually work? Yeah, so I, I code every day. Um, I love coding, even if I'm not working. I'm coding my uh, own personal projects. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a rush for me. It's both work and and um, in the an escape. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I code primarily in the languages of Python, C plus plus, and and Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, so Swift is like for mobile applications. So you can kind of put your AI models onto like a mobile app. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically, for a machine learning engineer, uh, a lot of them will code in Python because okay. it's really easy. There's a lot of libraries at your fingertips that you can use to build neural networks and grab data really quick. Um, and then uh, that allows you to kind of build things at a cloud level. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to like build things for like cameras or build things on like an actual device, uh, a lot of like self-driving cars will leverage C++, which is uh, just a, a different programming language, but yeah. just allows you to kind of get a different uh, different uh, approach to being able to um, interpret AI. But um, yeah, most a lot of my day is spent coding, uh, most of it. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Even I would encourage everyone to anyone to, to look at, you know, a few resources online just to mm. see, you know, see uh, if they can if they have an interest in it, because what's interesting about software is you can apply it in almost any domain, whether you know, uh, you're a baker or you're a florist or you're an engineer or, you know, whatever it is, you can find some way to, you know, apply uh, AI or software to uh, your day-to-day job or, or to build a product, which is really, really quite fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think I remember hearing that at university and that's what like, like got me into coding. Like I've been teaching myself how to yeah use javascript and it's been a struggle but um, yeah i'm getting there i guess this kind of leads on to my next question do you have any advice for like people thinking about coding or getting into coding or like how do you push yourself to like i'm trying to think of like when you have like i know if i have a problem i'm not very good at like just sitting there and trying to get it done i like i keep wanting to take breaks and it ends up not getting solved like what is your solution or do you have a solution when you have problems yeah, when I have a so when I have a very big problem to solve, um, I learned uh, probably later than I should have this lesson. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to to set like to set realistic goals, like sub problems, like break the problem down into small problems that are almost like very easy to achieve. Um, so that you know, once you because if you just tackle the problem on its own, I mean, some sometimes I I've lost confidence before, or I've lost interest mm-hmm. because I've become unmotivated, but when you break a task or a goal down and I can like easily achieve something every couple of weeks or every day or, or whatever, it, it's more motivating for me. I'm, uh, and, and it's, uh, I, I end up actually accomplishing the problem. I'm yeah. less, I'm less, uh, influenced to deter away. So, uh, I would encourage, you know, if you have a, if you have a big problem, break it down into something to sub problems that are easy, more easily achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and that goes the same way with code, right? Like, uh, I think it's important if you learn how to code to try to start with one language, maybe sample a few uh, to see what you like the best and what's easiest. Um, But to dive into one, right, it's no matter how good of a software engineer you are, you'll never know everything. You'll Mm. never know all languages perfectly. You'll never know um, every algorithm perfectly. There's just so much knowledge. Uh, It's uh, it's it's important to just try to focus on on what interests you um, and, and go from there. Yeah, I think that is good advice for me because I've been trying to learn JavaScript, Java, SQL. I just 
feel like I should try and know a bit of everything, but then I'm realizing that my actual knowledge, my like the depth of knowledge in them is not great at all. So I think that's actually pretty good advice of just focusing on one and just understanding one language fully. Um, I guess I have one more question for you. In a few words, where do you think AI is going to in the future? I think AI is going to a point where it's it's going to start expanding a lot more into our, our lives and what we do. Um, a lot of things, uh, it's, it's both a, a positive and a, a negative. There's a lot of services that we use, primarily through mobile devices, smart home assistants, et cetera, that are deemed as free, but not necessarily free because all of our data, all of our uh, potentially emotions are being analyzed and quantified in order to try to uh, advertise things or to get more insight about how to build a better product. I th- and I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing as long as it's mm. being able to, as long as it's being disclosed. But uh, if, if AI is able to learn from that, and and continue to to alter itself, then that could be that could become a problem. Mm-hmm. But um, I I think it's slowly going to start creeping into every aspect of our lives, and uh, I think that uh, it'll get to the point where um, you know we'll have to be kind of cautious on how we use uh, mobile devices and how yeah. we use uh, different services to make sure that um, you know we uh, aren't feeding we aren't feeding the algorithm data that uh, can be potentially harmful to us. But um, it's. AI will will have probably the most significant um, the most significant effect on the world uh, out of any invention, in my opinion. Uh, being able to learn how to do things and learn how to build itself, learn how to fix itself, learn how to uh, alter hardware, learn how to uh, help people. I mean, it's uh, uh, this. It'll enable sci-fi to become a reality. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's just. In my, yeah, I don't realize how how capable it is, if that makes sense. Like, I don't realize how much it can actually do. So, yeah, just hearing it from you, I think it's just like confirmed what I've already thought. Like, there's a lot. I think I think you said in the beginning that it's at its infant stage, and there's still so much to come. So, I think I'm kind of excited and scared at the same time to see what is gonna happen in like the next ten years. I do have a quick question, actually. What do you think is gonna be um, the most? What's the uh, the most shocking thing that AI could come up with like within the next 10 years? Look, I put you on the spot there. <laughs> I guess there's two, there's, there's two, two answers. I think to that question, if I, if I can answer two ways, one of them I think mm-hmm. is uh, drug discovery, like uh, being able mm-hmm. to find solutions to how different proteins combine and different molecules combine mm-hmm. in order to uh, build drugs and, and pharmaceuticals that we uh, as humans had never been able to experiment with or thought possible. Um, I think that'll have a significant impact on the way uh, healthcare is going to be able to be um, uh, performed and how fast we're able to discover um, solutions to certain medical conditions. The mm-hmm. second thing is in self-driving. And I think that in 30 or 40 years, it'll be like like our children are going to maybe not have to be able to get driver's licenses. It might be weird to get a driver's license yeah. because uh, self-driving cars will be so good at their job that they'll be, they won't trust people to drive. Right. Mm. Or they will be a very select few. It'll become the horse, you know, it'll <laughs> be something that if you drive, it's something you do at your leisure and in a hobby. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a, a very, very, there's a very high probability of that happening in the next 30, 40 years. Oh my gosh. That would be so weird. I can't imagine driving down and just seeing no one at the wheel. I think that would be very right. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> but. Like, uh, imagine, imagine like, cause your car's parked. 
most of the day, right? Yeah. I mean, you only use it for two or three hours, maybe slightly more throughout the day. But imagine if your car just drops you off and then, you know, it's going to take people other places and pick them up and it's yeah. making you money while it's while it's just there, while it's uh, not being used. And then, you know, you tap your smartphone and say, come back to me and pick me up and it comes back. And, you know, that's uh, that's not that far away, to be honest. Yeah, like your own personal Uber, I guess. Like you're owning it right? like Uber, kind of. That'd be pretty cool, to be fair, especially if you're able to make money while you're just sitting at home. So I wouldn't mind that in the future. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of fun things and a lot of uh, appealing things to look forward to with AI and what it'll be able to accomplish. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And it was great to talk to you about everything AI and to hear your opinions. So yeah, I'm sure my listeners love listening to you as well. So thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you very much for your time and your wisdom. And thank you for your listeners. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the show. I've, I've listened to uh, a, a lot of your episodes in the past. And uh, um, the the person that was just on on uh, supervised learning, I, I, I appreciated their conversation too. So thank you so much. Oh, lovely. That's so good to hear. Thank you. It was lovely speaking to you. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. As I always say, if you have anything to add or anything you want to ask, send me a message on Twitter or send me an email. This should all be in the description box. But yeah, until next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye.